Hello, everyone, and welcome to a, another episode of Becoming Unfuckwithable. And oh my gosh, you guys, I am so sorry I held out for so long with you on this one because I have none other than David Essel, who has finally made his appearance on this show. And I feel so bad because we've been connected for so long. And we've talked about it, but you know how life is. It just gets going and you know, he's in Florida now and I'm in California, but I am so excited to have him on the show. And you probably have heard his name before. And if you haven't, allow me to introduce you to him. So David Essel is the number one selling, best-selling author. Uh, he has an 11 books out. He just has another book that's been released. We'll talk about that more. He's a counselor, a master life coach, a motivational speaker, and a minister whose mission is to positively affect 2 million people or more every day in every area of life. And I mean that. He does cover every area of life, uh, regardless of their current circumstances. So I mean, whether it's grief or divorce, he's got you. Um, you know, and even celebrity uh, Jenny McCarthy says that he's been the new leader of positive thinking movement. And his number one selling book, Love and Relationship Secrets that Everyone Needs to Know has been labeled the new Bible on love and communication. And his 10th book went number one bestseller in three months. It's a mystical uh, romance novel set on the Hawaiian islands called Angel on a Surfboard. Gosh, I love that title. Which offers six keys to deep love. And another bestseller as well, Focus, Slayer Goals, a Proven Guide to Huge Success, A Powerful Attitude and Profound Love was recently selected by the influential blog, bookauthority.org, as one of the top 100 goal-setting books of all times. So, you know, David's work of over 40 years is also highly endorsed by the late Wayne Dyer, Chicken Soup for the Soul, author Mark Victor Hansen, and as well as many other celebrities and radio television networks from around the world. And he is verified through Psychology Today as one of the top counselors and life coaches in the USA and is verified through marriage.com as one of the top relationship counselors and experts in the world. Everyone, please welcome David to the show. Thank you so much, David, for being on today. Mindy, you know, we have known each other for so long and we, oh my God, it's like how it took this long. It's something outside of our control, but you know, I was so fired up when my t when my publicist TJ said, Mindy Harley, I just booked, I go, no, like, oh my God, it's taken 20 years. We're finally going to do something together. Oh, finally, you know, and like I said, it's, it's been such a journey and you know, I was, I had another podcast show before and that, you know, I stopped that when the production ended on that. And I don't know why I didn't start it. It was my own journey, but it, it took me a couple of years to restart my podcast up again and to even have a platform to, for you to come on. So, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that we've still stayed in touch and everything. And I mean, I've, I've been watching, no. I've been watching you online, everything that you do. And it's just, you're just a, a bunch of positivity and information and knowledge every time you're on my timeline. So it's just incredible to have you here. I, I can't thank you enough for yeah. making, the, making the time, but let's, um you know, let's, let's get started and talk about, you know, what you've been, I mean, just, 20 years, <laughs> we've got a lot of catching up to do. So <laughs> you, you've been working obviously for many, many years, uh, life coaching, helping people through their journeys and everything. But I never actually got to ask you, how did you get started in that journey? Like what was your pivot point um, that made you want to take this trajectory and help people with their lives? 
Well, it's a great question. You know, I've always been in a position of leadership and I think that some people are just born and I'm not bragging. It's just part of who we are. You know, it's a natural gift, a natural talent. And, um, and I started out in athletics, Mindy, you know, I, I played division one basketball at Syracuse university, and then I got a master's degree in sports psychology and you know it's hard for, I mean it's mind-blowing to think that 42 years in the world of personal growth has already gone by and the first 10 years was all about athletics and I was working with how built their heads you know and and how to stay inspired and motivated and then I started working with all different athletes because basketball was my my college sport I worked with a lot of basketball athletes but it was all with their heads and then in 1990, the greatest trip that ever happened was I met a woman who was a track star and her, tra her, her, her speeds were going up instead of down. Of course, in track, we always want to be decreasing the times and they kept increasing. And her physical coach said, you've got to find a sports psychologist and work with someone because I can't help you. It's all up here. Well, within two sessions, we found out that she had so much rage and resentment against an ex-husband who had recently married a very young girl, she couldn't get it out of her head. So it was an opportunity, Mindy, for me to go into the world of relationships. And I didn't even know I was gonna go there. You know, it just like was <laughs> presented to me. Yeah. So in 1990, I started to stretch our, our topics and we started doing relationships and then we did financial freedom and then addiction recovery. And you know the, the list goes on and on. I mean, we get into some very heavy stuff like incest recovery, um, rape recovery, you know, we do some very intense things. And then there's others of which are intense as well, shattering procrastination, um, you know, how to, how to create the right groove for you in your career. A lot of people are doing work they can't stand. So, you know, we, we help in every area of life. And the bottom line is this, our role for 42 years has been helping people to recreate the belief in themselves that their life can be so much more powerful, so much more successful than possibly what they're living right now. That's our work. Mm -hmm. And it's such powerful work to be doing and helping people realize their own inner power and inner strength. And you know, like I said, it's, 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 all, it's all there. It's all there just waiting to be mined and, and nurtured, you know? And, and I think a lot of people when they're on that, on that route or in that life or is stuck in that, that loop and everything, they, it's hard to admit they need help too. And they don't understand, like, I'm sure that woman probably had no idea that that was the issue. You know, that was right. the, Oh no. And that's the beautiful thing about therapy, right? We can go into questions and get people to think deeper. Like she thought it was her physical training routine. She yeah. thought there was something off with her training and it was all up here, you know? And, 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 you know, Minnie, that tells us something, the power of other people taking up space in our head. We allow so many people, you know, one of the, the traits that we work on full time is codependency. You know, codependency is the largest addiction in the world. It's nasty as hell. There's no physical sign of codependency. Not like you can tell you're drinking too much or you're eating too much. You know, codependency is, is extremely low self-confidence, low self-esteem. So what we found was that she was codependent, still attached to her former husband, but she was codependent with resentment. She couldn't let the resentment go, which meant she was still attached to her former husband. The minute we got her to release the resentment, 
it was like a sword came in and cut that connection between her and her ex. She never talked about him again. You know, as I hear something funny, she became a personal trainer. This is in 1990. And today she's one of the top personal trainers still 30 plus years later in her city. And oh, wow. so she had this incredible turnaround that happened by working with a professional and looking for blind spots. Yeah. You know, Mindy, I have blind spots in my personal life, my career. I can't see them if I'm not working with someone. So I work with a counselor every week still. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, as far as keeping yourself in check too, and I'm progressively working on yourself. I was just thinking about this the other day, like with personal development and checking yourself and cultivating and looking at what, what needs work. And it's not necessarily bad, but it's maybe neglected or like you said, that blind spot. But I, I think it's, I think it's great if we can all be in a place that we, you know, put down our, our thoughts and our, um, you know, beliefs that asking for help or working on ourselves or as many other, it's not that there's something wrong. We're, we're making, we're making it, we're making it better. We're making ourselves better. We're becoming better here on this earth to help serve and to be our best selves. And that's the other thing you mentioned with that too, with, you know, she was still holding on to that resentment. And that's like holding onto a knife, you know, a hot plate in your hand, and you're the only one that's getting hurt out of this. That's right. And her ex right. had no idea that, you know, she's still thinking about it, right? It's like that meme where the guy's like sleeping in bed and, like, and the woman's like looking at him, <laughs> you know? And, he's, and he's, he, has no, he has no idea, but in the meantime, her head's going. And I, I, I feel too, especially like with relationships, um, and not having that communication as well, uh, which I think is really important too, and having that open communication. But I mean, that's already, he's an ex, but like going into the next part of like, even backing it up before, before the ex, you know, having, having these, this communication and healthy relationships, um, I mean, it's super integral as far as, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. like we're letting your mind, we're letting your mind go to the, like that monkey mind, go and unravel and stuff and creating all these scenarios so as she's been holding that knife creating those scenarios hurting herself hurting in her performance and everything finally gets intercepted with your help <laughs> and now she's on her way but i mean how much longer are people gonna suffer you know how like well mindy it's it's a great question you know i mean we have people that we'll work with in their 70s 80s and 90s that still have resentments against their parents or ex-husbands or ex-wives. And you know, one of the messages that you and I can share today is that any resentment whatsoever is holding you back from being the powerful person that you wanna be. It's mm -hmm. taking up headspace. It's, it's robbing you of confidence and self-esteem. I mean, resentments are really nasty. They destroy so many marriages. You know, in, in our book that you mentioned, Love and Relationship Secrets that Everyone Needs to Know, in the very first chapter, we define what intimacy, what real intimacy is. And no one knows what real intimacy is because we think it's physical. But the number one sign of a deep, intimate relationship between two people is 110% honesty. Mm -hmm. You can't get more intimate than saying something that your partner may not want to hear, but that you need to release, you know? And so it takes a lot to create a relationship where you're 110% honest. Most of us are about 50% honest. We don't want to rock the boat. We don't want a consequence for our behavior. So we don't, like as an example, 
one of my couples that I'm working with the other day, the, the husband went and bought a $90,000 car without talking to her about it. Okay. Now, if you're Richard Branson, that may not matter. Yeah. A $90,000 car, right? <laughs> but yeah. if, you're, if you're an everyday couple, I mean, that's the kind of crap that will build resentments that'll last for years, you know? So, and it's also a sign of dishonesty. You know, omission is dishonesty. Omission is a lie. Mm -hmm. So here's a guy that they had an agreement that they would never spend more than a certain number of hundred dollars without the other person's approval. And now he just shattered and betrayed the complete relationship by doing something without being honest. So when we talk about integrity or intimacy is 110% honesty, that also means, Mindy, which we'll go into a new book we just wrote, you know, how honestly are you with your partner regarding your sex life? You know, are you satisfied? And if you're not, are you taking solutions? Are you openly talking about what's missing? Here's a cute story. So the book I'm talking about is called 50 Plus Flavors of Erotic Love. Okay. So, and, and, ain't got nothing and, and it's a trick. <laughs> What'd you say? I said 50 Shades ain't got nothing on this. <laughs> That's right. As, as a as a matter of fact, uh, a publicist said that 50 plus flavors of erotic love is 50 sh uh, shades of gray meets therapy. And uh, that's what it is. You know, uh, we, we talk about realistic erotic love. You know, we talk about um, being open. And so many stories I put in the book are about couples that were on the verge of divorce or couples that were dating that were on the verge of breakups because they weren't being fulfilled intimately. Like there was something missing, but they wouldn't talk to each other about it. So I'm going to tell you one really cute story. So a woman comes to me and she said, my husband's an accountant. He's boring as hell in bed. We've been married for 10 years. I'm either on the verge of having an affair or going through a divorce. So I'm going to sign up for your erotic intimacy course. He's not going to be a part of it. He knows what's going on. He's approved that I work with you on this course. He doesn't think it's going to change the marriage at all. And she said, David, it's my last shot. So Mindy, this is so cute. So she goes through the 10 week course at the end of it. She didn't know this, that he had been reading all of her notes from the course and he'd been reading the book that I had given her 50 plus flavors. Yeah. So she says, you know, after 10 weeks, she goes, you know, David, Thanks so much for the course. I'm going to go home and talk to my husband tonight and see if he'll start doing some of these things. And if he doesn't, I'll be back for you to help me through a divorce. And I said, okay, not a problem. I pray to God you don't come back. You know, and I mean that seriously. <laughs> so she goes home, Mindy, listen to this. There's a note on the bed and it says, dear lover, please take a shower, put your hair up the way I like it, wear your favorite perfume, there's a new set of lingerie in the closet. Please put it on. There's six inch heels that I know you've always wanted. Put them on. Yeah. Get into bed. Before you get into bed, there's a box under the bed. Pull it out. Go through the box and you'll see a bunch of toys. Take yeah. out anything you like and leave it on the bed. And I'll know that you would enjoy that and leave everything else in the box and put it in and put the eye blinds on and do not move. So she said, First of all, David, this is coming from a freaking accountant. You know, like, what, what the hell's going on? Yeah. So she hears him come into the room. And she's nervous now because the blindfolds are on. She can't see a thing. And she doesn't know. So 
he walks over to her. And the very first thing he does is lean down next to her ear. And he says this, I have read every note from your work with David. You are about to experience the most erotic love marriage that you've ever dreamt about. It starts right now. Game on. <laughs> I'm going to take you through an experience that you've always wanted that I have been naive about. Thank you for teaching me. Now it's my time to be your teacher. And he starts with all this, I won't go into the detail, but he goes but, into all this erotic work, right? And I mean, it totally turned the relationship around. They're happy as heck. They're back on an intimate level, you know? And, and it was her being honest with him saying, this isn't working. I need to go and work with someone on erotic love because this is our last chance, honey. She was honest with him. Now, Mindy, he could have been threatened. His ego could have been threatened. You know, here she is working with a guy on intimacy, right? Like he could have shut it all down. But yeah. not only did he not allow her to do it, he read every freaking notebook that she had written and he was in her head now. He knew what she wanted and needed and he could give it to her. Mm -hmm. That is so incredible. That is so huge. And for him to be able to read it and be able to put the ego aside and digest and listen and learn and be a student and, you know, and right. okay, like, and do that. And yeah, it could have went any other way. You know, he could have ended it, could have caused more grief, you know, arguments. That's right. Stuff. You're going to a man to get advice on this. Like I could just well imagine uh, how that could have went. But, you know, and, and good on, good on him, good on him for doing that and having, you know, that, that openness and for, and for them at least to try yeah. you know, and, and, yeah. see, and seek you out, seek professional help. You know, that's, it's not necessarily the end. And that's one of those things where, again, communication. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> and, and, and Mindy, and to add one, one word to that, honest communication, yeah. risk taking communication, you know, not safe communication, you know, but, but really going out of our way to allow, and you know, here's something else. This is going to sound so bizarre. On average, after the first 12 months of dating, couples start to dramatically decrease the amount of French kissing they do. Now, French, it, it's unbelievable. In, in 12 months, we see like a 50% decrease. I have couples right now that have been married for 30 years that haven't French kissed in 20 years. Like it's little pecks on the lip or little pecks on the cheek. So yeah. we teach an exercise to get people, you know, it sounds so corny, right? It's like, I don't know if you remember in high school, I do. When I was French kissing a girlfriend, I, I was going to orgasm in 30 seconds, right? <laughs> it was so passionate. It, it's yeah. like, I don't need anything more. I'm going to come anyway. You know, like, this is incredible. <laughs> I know. And, like, and then. It's like the. Go ahead. Biggest, it's like the biggest thing when like you're a kid. It was, you know, well, okay, I'm a teenager. Right. But it's like, you know, like this, there, there's more, there's, there's more than this. Like, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, I mean, there's a story in the book we tell about a couple that have been together for a number of years and they had a great sex life but there was something missing. So the husband came and worked with me and I took him through the course. And at one point during the course, I said, well, you know, what do you think's missing? Like you keep telling me there's one thing missing. And he goes, 
you know, I don't know. So I said, I'm going to have you do this. I said, go online. You can find adult videos for free. There's all kinds of sites out there. I want you to go start watching adult videos until you find what's missing. I want you to watch these videos until you go, oh my God, that's what's missing. Let me tell you two examples from two totally different clients and it shocked them out of their minds. The first is the guy. He comes in the next week and he sits down and he goes, David, he goes, I feel like I'm a fourth grader. And I said, why is that? He goes, because my girlfriend and I found what, or my, my wife and I found what it was that's missing in our relationship that's going to really ratchet it up. And I go, what's that? Mindy, he said, French kissing. He said, I'm watching this video of these two adult stars and he goes, and their tongues are all over themselves and their lips are wet. And he goes, my girlfriend's watching it. And she goes, what are we watching this for? This is what's missing. Get in the bedroom. It's like, you know, sometimes the changes are subtle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, and here, like, I'm thinking, I'm like, wow, I'm like, I couldn't, is there any other way to kiss? So I was like, what does the peck? I agree. <laughs> is there any I, other way? Like peck, pecking on, pecking on the cheek or anything else is just like, what is this? Like a, like I kiss my family like that, you know? <laughs> I know. I, I, I agree, you know? Yeah. And, and and we forget that, you know, the tongue, the lips and inside the, the mouth, the nerve endings, there's millions. Yeah. I mean, that's why we don't burn our mouth because there's nerve endings. That's why if something's too cold, we might spit it out because of nerve endings. Right. It's like there's so much activity between the lips, the tongue and the mouth that it's outrageously erotic when you do it right. Yeah. But. You know, when we get resentments and, and the way we describe resentments in a relationship, Mindy, is that it's like little veils, you know, tiny little veils. So we have resentment over that you didn't want to go to my mom and dad's for Christmas 10 years ago and we hold on to it. Right. And then we have a little resentment that you didn't want to go and watch this movie that I wanted to watch. And you said no. And then you chose a restaurant I didn't want to go to anyway. And so we get we get these veils of resentment. Now, one or two or three veils is not a problem. Yeah. You can still love deeply and everything else. But imagine over 20 years, mm -hmm. you're not communicating openly. You're not honest with each other. Now there's a hundred freaking veils. And that's when people stop French kissing. That's when they stop making love. You know, most of the couples that I work with haven't had sex in over a year. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. And you know what happens in a relationship when intimacy goes. Yeah. You know that there's a lot of trouble coming down the road, you know, so we try to slow people down and get them back into things like French kissing, back into holding hands, back into putting your arm around your partner's shoulder, waist, whatever, when you walk, you know, we bring them back into intimacy. And in our society today, you know, we, we prove this in one of my books, 80% of relationships are dysfunctional in the USA today. 80%. 80%. Geez, why do you think so? Because um, I was thinking about, you know, healthy and unhealthy relationships, and I would love your opinion on this. Because um, I, I was a vic I was a victim of that mindset too, where you know, obviously we, my my parents um, got divorced really late in the game, you know, so I, I wasn't around like a really healthy relationship in that in that aspect and stuff like that, and. You know, my, my journey of relationships took a little bit in my own healing and working on my own stuff and healing my inner child and all that jazz. But then I see like in society, it's almost like this acceptance of, well, this is as good as it gets. You know, you're just going to have to make do. There's a lot of people that just kind of settle 
And then also to like adding on all these other layers of no communication, resentment, and da 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 piled piled on top. Like why why do we why do we keep why do so many people keep settling in that in that sense or believing that that's as good as it gets or not wanting to work on themselves or not wanting to stay single and be happy with their lives? Like what what are you what are you what are the common denominators you're finding in this? Yeah, well, the number one is that people have such a fear of being alone. Yeah, they have such a fear, especially women, you know, and this is very unfair, but let me just state something very obvious. Society looks upon women that are single as there's something wrong with them over the age of 25. There's something wrong. You know, they're, 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 they've got to be a little wacky. They've got to be a little something. So there's a lot of pressure for women to always be in freaking relationship. It's disgusting. You know, you pick up any women's magazine and 80% of the articles are going to be about relationships. So a woman picking up Glamour magazine who's single is going to go, there's something wrong with me because look at all these happy people in these articles, you know, instead of saying, and this is one of our mottos, never date until you love yourself being alone. Never date until you love being alone. Never date until you love being alone. Never date until you love being alone. <laughs> Because when you're alone and happy, you are not needy. You have no neediness whatsoever, which means you can be really good at selecting a partner. When you're needy, you'll take the next hunk of slab flesh that comes into your space and says, would you like to go out on a date? Any slab of flesh will do. It's like, oh my God, at least I have a slab of flesh. At least I'm not going to be alone at the movie. I have a slab yeah. of flesh to go out to dinner with. You know, it's like we don't think is this the right slab of of, of flesh? You know, do they have traits? As a matter of fact, there's a, a program we created 25 years ago called the Three Percent Rule of Dating. And for single people, please write this damn thing down. Okay, you can have 97 percent compatibility with a partner. And if they have any of your deal killers that can't be fixed, the relationship is doomed from day one. Mm -hmm. So people talk way too much about compatibility. Oh, we love the same movies. We love the same books. We love the same beats. That's all great, but that's not going to make a relationship. What's going to make a relationship is, does this man or woman have any traits that have never worked for me in the past? Does this man or woman have any traits that I know are unacceptable to me? Because let's say you're, you're out with someone and they're great, but they have young kids. And one of your deal killer is I'll never date someone with kids and you break your own rule. Well, welcome to hell because <laughs> you're going to create it. <laughs> you're going to create it because you broke your own rule. You know, okay, here's another example. I have a, a, a client in Los Angeles. So we're, she's single and she really wants to meet a great guy and everything. So she finally does. And she meets this guy and the first date was a, a and this is very classic LA, Mindy, you're gonna love this. So the very first date, a stretch limo pulls up in front of her house. The driver gets out, opens the door. There's no one in it, but her. So the date had sent the limo to get her, brought her to this restaurant next to her in the car is 150 roses, right? So not overkill by any means for a first date. Right? <laughs> he goes to the restaurant. They have a great time. The next day, 150 roses end up at her office. And the next day, whatever, you know, it goes on and on and on. So she's telling me, this is amazing. Like, this is the man of my dreams. And my first question is, are there any deal killers? Let's pull out your list, right? 
So she pulls out her list. And one of the things on the list was she can't date a smoker. Yeah. And he smokes. Oh, yeah. So she said, you know what? I can get through this. And I said, listen, <laughs> I've been doing this a long time. Okay. <laughs> I go, I hate to burst your bubble. It's not going to work. If dating someone who's a smoker is a deal killer, I don't care how much money he has. I don't care how many trips he takes you on. It's not going to work. Three weeks later, she's calling me crying hysterically because she had to end the relationship because he said to her right up front, yes, I smoke and deal with it or don't, you know, like it's not my issue. It's yours. And so she said, okay, I'll deal with it, but she couldn't. So now two things happen. Number one is she broke her own integrity Mm -hmm. by going against her own word. And now number two is she's got a broken heart and she's got to deal with her own lack of integrity and a broken heart at the same time. Both of those things could have been avoided if she would have paid attention to her own deal breakers, you know? So if people would quit being so needy, so afraid to be alone, we would see a huge uptick in healthy relationships. When people are in relationships and they suck and they're not getting help, or they try to get help and it doesn't work, but they stay out of convenience, Mindy. They stay because it's easier than to get into the world of dating via COVID. It's easier than to try to find someone. You know, like I've had women say to me, but David, I'm 60. I go, what, is that a death sentence? 60, <laughs> that means you're not functioning anymore? Like, does that mean that you can't have sex? You can't go out on dates? You can't go to movies? You, what, is, what do you mean I'm 60? You know, it's like, but, but in a woman's mind, if that's her belief that she's too old, she'll stay with a really unhealthy guy. Yeah. Yeah. Because of her beliefs that are inaccurate. Mindy. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that belief system. Oh my gosh. Sink, sink or sink or swim on that. Like that can sink you faster than an that's right. a cement brick in the ocean than anything else and you touched you touched on like online and stuff and covid and dating now with all that that is such a area to me that i you know i i, I count my lucky stars that i don't have to partake in that because already my my thoughts about spending too much time on social media let alone having to spend it now on, on dating sites and stuff like that. And talking about not wanting to be alone and how COVID has, you know, segregated us with, you know, staying isolating in our homes and stuff for so long and not having that human contact. Now there's the extra layers that are going to be added to people's dating profiles. I'm sure after all this and trying to sort that out, but the way things have shaped up with social media now, as far as our, our mental health, and dating online and all these, I don't even think I can keep up. Like, I mean, you're verified by, you know, marriage.com and everything. And there's so many other dating sites out there, dating apps out there. What are you, what are you finding is the biggest like speed, like road, road, roadblock or, or um, speed bump um, that are, people are going, people are coming into these dating sites and stuff like that now trying to connect with people after all this, what's the biggest, what's the biggest issue? Well, it's a lack of clarity on what they're looking for. Um, You know, once again, neediness starts to come up. So let's say that, you know, you're a man or a woman and via COVID you never dated and you've been single now for a year and a half. And now you're saying, okay, it's time. You know, it's really time. Okay. Then I'm going to say, go back to the 97 or the 3% rule of dating. Like, what are your deal killers? Before you make a profile, what are your deal killers? You know, whether it's smoking, alcohol, pot, 
Uh, you know, if someone is a political activist and you have no interest in political activism, if someone is, you know, over the top religious and you're not over the top religious. So, you know, when we help people do profiles now, we slow them down, Mindy. And here's something kind of oxymoronic is that I make my clients put their deal killers right on their profile. This will never work for me. If you fall into these categories, please don't contact me. And I, and I say, look at, you're not trying to date a football team. You're not trying to date 11 guys at the same time. You're looking for freaking one. <laughs> yeah. Get some balls and put out there what will never work and keep those monsters away, whether you're a man or a woman, right? So, you know, I've got a guy and, and he's a great guy, very successful. And he's on a couple different dating sites and he's really ready to meet someone. Um, but what women are doing is they're looking for him to take care of them. And it's a codependent trait that he's had his whole life, you know, because he's very successful. He loves to find women that need him. So he's very codependent. So on his new profile, it's hilarious compared to his old one. His old profile would say, you know, very successful businessman. You're not going to have to worry about taking care of finances anymore. (laughs) You know, I'm like, and I read it and I, What's that? I can well imagine his, his message box must be just stuffed. He's going to have to hire an assistant oh. to go through those. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But you know what he's attracting is a bunch of needy, lazy women. And I'm just being honest. You know, like like anyone that wants a free ride, there's no such thing. You're going to pay. Yeah. He'll pay the money, but you're going to pay with his control because he's going to control the shit out of you. But, you know, women don't think like that until we speak this openly. Right. So now his new profile says this. I'm a very successful businessman who is not interested at all and taking care of you financially for the rest of your life. You don't have to have any amount of money in the bank to impress me. I just need to know that you're self-sufficient with your basic bills. Now, here's the rest that I'm looking for, you know, but he comes (laughs) right out on top saying that. Okay, this used to be who I am, and this is who I am now. Now, to to back what you just said, he was getting 300 emails a day, and now he's getting 10. Yeah. And in the 10, he will find a good partner. Yeah, he really narrowed down the search results like that. (laughs) Big time. Big time. Well, I hope he does find his match. I mean... Yeah, having having all that success and everything. I mean, obviously I, I hear about it all the time with you know friends that are really successful and having a hard time finding women. And you know, maybe they need to take some of these tips here and <laughs> put their foot down. The yeah. same thing too, when you're when you're when you're hoping for you know a, a bag of bag of meat next to you, meat and skin and bones, a meat puppet next to you. I mean, sure, you're gonna you're gonna have. <laughs> over 300 to choose from if you're not really picky and you just want something you know pretty that you can hold and take out and have dinner with and stuff like that but you know and and dating right. online uh, like I said all those extra layers and meeting people and like the whole catfish uh situation I know my husband's been catfished so like records amount of times for his photos being used and I have people messaging me and being transparent like that online is just I mean crucial number one. Um, but going forward though, and people spending so much time online and looking for their potential mate or being online, are you finding now that, um, 
social media and mental health, is it really starting, are you, are you seeing the effects on your clients that they've been spending too much time online, possibly trying to you know, fix their problems or, or find a mate or try to you know, make themselves feel better in the climate that we're in? Mindy, you know, the, the hottest course that we teach right now is called the Mental Health Solution. And we talk about anxiety, depression, insomnia, PTSD, low self-confidence, low self-esteem, addictions rising, and all this other kind of stuff. It's the most popular course we're teaching. It's incredible, right? And with that, what we find is that 90% of the people that go through the course are spending six to eight hours a day on social media, which is destroying their inner peace. And it's ripping it apart. You know, um, last June, as a company, we decided now it's it's uh, up to my clients to do whatever or, or, or the people that work for me to do whatever they want to do off the hours. I could care less. But during hours, there's no media. There's no social media. There's no radio uh, uh, talk radio about conspiracy theories, uh, the pandemic, et cetera, you know? So in our office last June, we cut out all forms. Like, even though we post every once in a while on Instagram or Facebook or something yeah. like that, besides that, no one is on online. So in our mental health solution course, the very first thing we look at for people is how much time are you spending online and in what direction is it? And then we go into what are you watching first thing in the morning? What are you reading first thing? What are you listening to first thing? So within this course, we have something that we ask everyone to adopt to. And that is the first hour of every day, Mindy, there can be no electronic surveillance at all. So for the first 60 minutes that you're up, there's no looking at your text, your emails, your Instagram, your Facebook, news, stock market, weather. I don't care about the weather. Look out the freaking window. You don't need to turn a TV on to find out what it's going to be. You know? it's like, so we, we take the mental health thing really seriously. And we say, number one, remove. Like this is a philosophy we created years ago. When you want to be successful, first step isn't to go after your successful goal. The first step is to remove the blocks that are keeping you from your goal. So social media and being online and arguing about the stupid, uh, you know, is the vaccine right for me or not? People get into these ridiculous arguments. So we say for your mental health, limit the amount of time on social media to a maximum of two hours a day at the very most. And you can check your phone to see how close you are to it, right? Two hours a day max. But some of our clients, they're only on social media Saturdays and Sundays. We take them off completely Monday through Friday. And that is for this. You know, Mindy, there's something really important that we have to remember. The driving brain is not the conscious mind. The driving brain is the subconscious mind. The subconscious, you cannot, you have no idea. You or I right now, Mindy, have no idea what thoughts are. I point back here to subconscious and here to consciousness. Yeah. We have no idea what's going on back here. No one can tell you what your subconscious is thinking and you can't tell either. But here's the issue. If you're in a room, like I was at a doctor's appointment and you know it's disgust me in the doctor's office when they have freaking televisions on. I hate it. Yeah. It's some stupid game show, some news crap or whatever. But here, if I sit in a doctor's office with a television on, on the news, I cannot escape my subconscious mind from picking up the crap that's coming off of the television. I can't block it. It just gets sucked in there. Yeah. 
So on a daily basis, if you're not aware of what you're watching, listening to and reading, and you go through a post and it's about conspiracy with COVID, you go, oh, let me just see what they're saying. You are sucking garbage into your subconscious. The minute you access, allow anything to access this by reading, watching or listening, it's already being tucked away. And here's the problem. The more you pay attention to those things that are dragging you down, making you irritable, increasing the amount you drink or eat, the more you're in the room, whether you're just looking online or listening to a podcast that's saying that Trump was great and Biden sucks or Biden is great and Trump sucks, like who the freaking cares? It, you, you have no control over the presidency after you elect, right? So after you vote, so get rid of the nonsense because all of that is getting stuck here and it's destroying people's inner peace. Mindy, it is amazing. Uh, the number of clients that we work with that have something going on emotionally is 99%. Yes. 99, no matter what they come to me for, everyone is struggling with stress, anxiety, sleeplessness, et cetera, depression. So we're working with mental health, no matter what goal they come to me for. Yes. But when a client wants strict mental health work, then the mental health solution course is definitely the one to take. Because we, you know, listen, I struggle with anxiety, depression. I was an addict for 30 years. As a counselor and a minister for 30 years, I was an alcoholic and an addict. I know what it takes to get into a really good, healthy mindset. And one of the reasons I was an alcoholic and an addict is I had untreated depression and anxiety, Mindy. Mm -hmm. I can wear a great face. I can wear a great mask. For 40 years, I've been wearing a mask at some level. And then it got broken up in 1990 with a suicide attempt. And that's what woke me up to said, David Essel, you have something going on much deeper than you're willing to admit to anyone. And it was in 1990 that I changed everything about my life. And I started really working hard with people on mental health. And right now in the pandemic, and I want to make this final statement about mental health. When a veteran of war comes to, into my office and they've been home for five years from Afghanistan, and they're still struggling with anxiety and depression. It's not because they're in Afghanistan. It's because they haven't yet found the tools to remove the damage done by the experience in Afghanistan. Now, I'm going to equate this to the pandemic. The pandemic is not going away anytime soon. OK, I'm not Nostradamus. I'm not making these huge freaking uh, profiting statements. But I can tell you, everyone said 2021. Thank God the pandemic is over. It's not over. It's nowhere near being over. So what I say to people is this, let's accept the fact the pandemic is never leaving. Yeah. Let's accept it. And let's start working from what we need to do because if we keep thinking, well, the pandemic will be over in the summer, the pandemic will be over in 2022, we will not be trying to take care of our addictions, anxiety, depression, insomnia, because we think there's an end. We need right now to start putting more effort and time into mental health, in my opinion, Mindy, because the same thing's going to happen to the veterans of war. They're here for five years, but their conditions get worse. Yeah. If we don't take care of our mental health now in this country, if and when the pandemic ever goes away, there's going to be a scourge of issues coming up, just like there are with veterans coming home. Mm -hmm. No, there really is. And with the amount of, like I said, people that have been going down these dark holes and, you know, the isolation and, you know, it's damaging on, you know, the psychological and physiological health of the individual. And 
I think I think at this point too, like you said, it's a good point. Like have to live with the fact that okay, this isn't going away. Uh, you know, I can't keep doing this every single day and be on the phone every single day um, watching for updates because you know there's no, there's no there's no the the goalpost. You know, like you said, it's never ending. It's never ending. So you're gonna do the on your phone, checking social medias, listening to podcasts and news and stuff, trying to get all like the latest information on what's going on. But, you know, it's at that point too, where, you know, I was criticized before, you know, what do you mean you don't own a TV? What do you mean you don't listen to the news? I, I don't own a TV and I don't listen to the news. Like I, I pop in and I, I check and I'm like, oh, that's what's going on. All right, cool. But yeah, I don't have a TV. Our couch faces our patio doors and it faces a beautiful view. We don't face a TV screen in this home. Right. But um, with, like you, t- you mentioned the veterans, um, and a lot, and you know, a lot of people, especially older people, as well, that that sit at home and, and watch, you know, the TV all the time. Um, they don't realize that that is doing. Right. That they don't realize that it's doing the same thing as the phones, too, of watching the TV with the programming. And it's a lot of, you know, I had just tuned in. It was in the summer. We went on a trip. The same thing too. There was a TV on. I was like, oh, what is this? <laughs> and right. it was just. <laughs> It was so, it was so like negative and everything. I was like, I can't, like, holy, like, how do people listen to this all day? Like, it was very intrusive and you could feel it almost disrupt, like, the, the, the vibration <laughs> around you. It's like, okay. But you mentioned, you mentioned um, veterans and you mentioned mental health. And I'm not sure how much um, you dabble in this area, but your thoughts as we see um, the decrim. Uh, movement coming into uh, the West Coast here with um, medicines, uh, plant medicines, and stuff like that. Do you uh, do you work with those with any of your clients, or have you heard about that? Or your thoughts on that? Where do you see those tools uh, helping people right now? Oh God, Mindy, you know before um, when when it was only Colorado and the state of Washington that had um, med- med- it wasn't even medical marijuana; it was recreational marijuana available. We were sending clients who were addicted to Ambien, the sleep medicine. We were sending people that were addicted to clonazepam, um, uh, Xanax, uh, anti-anxiety meds. We were sending them to Denver to titrate off their pharmaceutical addictions and to use THC as a way to help them titrate off. Incredibly successful. Now we're, we're talking about 10 years ago, right? I am such a huge fan of the correct dosage of THC and or CBD for specific conditions. Now it's going to get abused. You know, I mean, there's millions of people that go to the doctor and say, you know, I have outrageous depression, anxiety, and they just want to get stoned all day. I'm not talking about them. You know, I'm, I'm talking about that. We can really make a huge difference in helping people. And when you talk about plants, you know, there's I mean, there's psilocybin therapy that's been going on for a very long time that we're starting to see some really good benefits from. Um, Of course, ayahuasca, very popular in Peru and South America. The ceremonies that they're doing there with those drugs, plant-based drugs are helping a lot of people. Another one is ketamine therapy. Ketamine therapy is becoming huge. You know, I'm a ketamine therapy counselor. So when someone is going to go into ketamine therapy for depression, anxiety, pain, I will work with them to prepare them uh, because it's a very wild experience. If anyone's ever gone through it, I mean, you're tripping, you know, you're basically tripping, right? So 
And I've gone through the ketamine therapy and it was phenomenal what it exposed. And one of the beautiful things about these certain uh, uh, plant ceremonies, like uh, even though ketamine isn't a plant, it's an anesthesia, I still put it in the dissociatives um, and the psychedelic arena. Uh, whatever you're taking, the MDMA, but now I'm gonna hesitate for a second. I spoke to a woman, a client of mine in Canada the other day, and she was going through ketamine treatment with a friend, which is the worst freaking thing in the world to do. If you're gonna do any of these journeys, do it with someone who's skilled in the profession. Yeah. You don't wanna have a buddy sitting next to you that doesn't know what the hell to do if you start to have a bad yeah. trip. Yeah, yeah. Now you're laughing, tell me why. Well, no, I just, I just, it's, you're gonna, it's just like, you're gonna have a bad time. It's like, oh man, like I'm, I'm smiling through it, but it's just like, yeah, you need a proper sitter that's going to take everything into consideration with your set and studying and that is experienced and has training yeah. in this. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, the first, the first person that I took through this, um, it was, a, it was wild, Mindy, because what most people don't know, how to, most people don't know how to go through the ceremonies or the ketamine. And what you need to do is, first of all, you need to be prepared by someone of all the potential things that you could experience. You have to have someone explain it all. Number one. Number two, right after the ceremony, right after the induction of the medicine, when you're coming back out, you've got to start writing notes immediately of what you experienced. And this is how we train people to take advantage of these ceremonies. Some of the stuff that you see is not pretty. Some, you know, like it's not like going off into la la land, you're stoned and happy and everything. You can be exposed to stuff you don't want to look at. We call it the blind spots. In any of these ceremonies, you're going to hit blind spots and they will suck, but the blind spot is the pathway to freedom. So when you can write down the stuff that you experienced in the one, two, three, I know the, the, the ceremonies I went through were all about three to four hours long, extremely intense, very deep. And Mindy, I came out of it with the wildest stuff. I came out for the very first time in my life seeing that I was a serious workaholic. I mean, addicted to work. I used to say, I love my job. I, you know, I'm not a workaholic. I do it because I love it. I do it because God put me here to do it. I do it because God wants me to, you know, all the rationalizations of being a workaholic, right? <laughs> Losing relationships because of workaholism, not a smart move. But it was through the ketamine therapy that I was forced to look in the mirror and to see I had a serious addiction. And so these ceremonies or these, you know, uh, dissociatives, are powerful if done in the right setting with the right professional. And if you're willing to do the work afterwards to change your life, the ceremonies don't change your life. They expose what needs to be dealt with and then you have to do the work. Yeah, that's, a, that's the big thing too, which is the huge reminder. It's like, you still have to do the work. You know, I was just having this conversation <laughs> yesterday with, about with, uh, you know, psilocybin and it's like, it's not, Again, society likes to look for magic pills. You know, we see it in the fitness industry all the time. What do you mean? I, I can't be responsible. I have to be responsible for my own shit and I have to own my shit. And can I just take this pill or can I just blame it on somebody else? Or can I just, you know, do this and it'll go away? No, there's, there's a lot of work to be done with that. And as far as, you know, integrating as well, the lessons and stuff. And that's a big thing too. Obviously writing down, uh, you know, your, aha moments and your discoveries from the journey that you can go right. and take that back to you and have it to look back on. Cause yeah, the, those, those journeys can be fleeting sometimes. And you go a month later, you go, what, what was that that happened? 
Again, that's right. Paper. Yeah, yeah, and to have that fresh in there in their mind and take that so that way they've got their homework to do afterwards. So you yes. do those um you do those uh sessions in Florida where you're based? Well, we, you know, we do them, almost all of our work is phone and Skype right now. You know, um, we still, we still do in office, but so what will happen is someone will call me from California and say, next week, I'm going through a, a five session ketamine therapy. So I'll work with them on the phone to prepare them for the sessions. And then after every session, they'll call me and we'll talk about what they discovered. So I don't have to have them in my office, you know, probably 80% of my work is phone or Skype right now. Um, and so we work with people from all, I mean, London, Australia, we've got clients from all over the world. And so wherever they are, as long as like, when we're talking about going through these type of psilocybin or ketamine, as long as I feel safe that they're in good hands, um, I'll work with them and prepare them and then help them decipher what they actually saw and what it means and what they need to change. So whether we're talking about the mental health solution or finances or any of the topics we cover, about 80 plus percent we're doing right now, Skype and phone. So it doesn't matter where anyone wins or lives, Mindy, we're, we're really getting out there. And this is a time when, but really, honestly, more people need to be tapping in to professionals to help them move through something that none of us have ever experienced before. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. You know, this is unprecedented times and we're all, we're all going through our own unique grief journey here and transitioning and moving along with everybody else. And yeah, it's, it's time to call upon our professionals like yourself to uh, assist yeah. us through these times and come out of this a better person. So with that being said, David, um, you know, I want to thank you so much. You know, you do have another, that, that book is coming out or that book is out the 50 um, shades, the whole title. 50 flavors. <laughs> yes, <laughs> eroticism uh, coming out. Yeah, erotica. Erotica. Yeah. So get you guys, get your hands on this book. Uh, you can connect with David on his website, davidessel.com. I'll have the links um, below in the post and you can find that um, there for him. But I want to thank you so much for coming on today. And if there's anything else that uh, anyone else can connect with you anywhere, please let them know. Yeah, you know, the easiest thing, I mean, social media, it's just my name, David Essel. Um, the website is davidessel.com, as you mentioned, or an easier name to remember for the website, Mindy, is talkdavid.com because that's all I freaking do. <laughs> I just talk constantly. So it's a really easy name to remember, talkdavid.com. But, you know, come and visit the site. There's free blogs. You can read about thousands of articles we've written. We have 2,000 videos for free to watch. Um, you know, and then you can work with me or buy a book through the site, but just go to talkdavid.com. And the last thing I'm going to mention, you know, the old adage, uh, Mindy, is that if you're not going to change now, when will, will you? You know, I mean, people need to start taking action now. If you're going to wait till the end of the pandemic or you're going to wait for the divorce to go through or you're going to wait, you know, you're wasting your time. The time to act is now. You deserve it. And the only way you can prove that you deserve a better life is to act on it right now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, David, thank you so much for your time today. I do appreciate you so much. It's been absolutely wonderful finally catching up with you. And yes, I feel like we could talk for a lot longer. So we'll have to. Hey, friends, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Becoming Unfuckwithable. I appreciate you guys so much. And guess what? Don Govro at Clinical Hemp Health appreciates you guys as well. And he wants to hook my listeners up, you guys up 
with 15% off when you shop at clinicalhemphealth.com for all of my friends and family up in Canada. All you guys listening right now, use code Mindy Harley. It'll save you 15% off your CBD. You guys, this is the only company I trust up in Canada for quality, purity, and no bullshit CBD. It's very easy to get bamboozled. And Clinical Hemp Health, you can trust them. So it's where I send all of my friends and family up in Canada for their CBD. So use Mindy Harley when you shop online there. And that way you also support me as well while you save too. And of course, obviously, rocksolidnutrition.com. Check it out. Please check out our essential amino acids. Very important, you guys, to have all of your building blocks for a complete protein. So all the essential amino acids, complete proteins, guys. And we took out the artificial colors in it. I'm so happy about this. The flavor is amazing. Honey lemon green tea. Oh, it is so refreshing. And we've also added coconut water in there as well. And new eggshell membrane, which is a hot new ingredient in the beauty market. Um, helps with bio, like your um, hair, skin, and nails. So it acts kind of like a bio, like the way biotin does as well. So for strengthening and growing longer. So that's in there as well. So check it out, rocksolidnutrition.com. But I appreciate you guys so much. And thanks for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Becoming Unfuckwithable. If you believe you're unfuckwithable, go ahead and share this podcast.